millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, this is a special introduction to this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Before you listen to the recording in this episode, I would just like to warn you that this one contains material which you may find offensive, confusing, or just plain stupid, including failed attempts at humour, bad jokes, vague sexual innuendo, rude words, swearing, references to body parts, disgusting sound effects, and general behaviour which would definitely be inappropriate in polite company. The conversation that you're going to hear in this episode was recorded privately with friends in a very informal setting. It's not suitable for children. It's not really suitable for intelligent adults either, to be honest. I present it here with great reservation, against my better judgment, and with the understanding that some of you may find it puerile and unamusing difficult to understand, offensive, or just plain unnecessary, and that publishing this episode may cause you to abandon Luke's English podcast, throw your phone into a lake, or even spit on the ground in pure disgust. However, despite my reservations to that effect, I also realise there is probably a certain section of my audience who love a bit of filth, and who would like nothing better than to listen in on a conversation between some English friends amusing themselves by talking crap together over a few beers. In fact, I published this conversation with those members of my audience in mind. Are you bored of listening to safe English, which has had all the rudeness and humour removed from it? Are you fed up with being taught only the nice English, which you're supposed to speak, but which you suspect no native speakers actually use in their private lives? Do you ever have the lingering feeling that native English speakers present a clean version of their language to you in lessons, but in private they speak rather a different form of the language, one that involves plenty of inappropriate and immature dirty jokes? Would you like to have the chance to sit down with some Londoners on a canal boat while they drink beer and talk nonsense without regard for the normal polite conventions of a language classroom or a business meeting? Well, if that is what you want, then all you have to do is to keep listening to this episode of Luke's English Podcast, which was recorded several weeks ago on a canal boat in North London with a group of slightly drunk idiots. Idiots who I am proud to call my friends and the group which I happily consider myself to be a member. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast.
Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, another edition of Luke's English Podcast. I've done episodes before in a house, I've done episodes in an apartment, I've done episodes at the beach, I've done episodes on a train, I've done episodes in a toilet on a train, I've done episodes in a car. This time, I'm doing an episode on a boat. So... We join you now from um, this this canal longboat. Is that the right uh, expression? Narrow boat. It's a narrow boat. Right. So we're we're on a narrow boat. Why do they call it a narrow boat? Um, um, because it's a boat. This is narrow. Hey. Okay. We're learning things already. So we're on a narrow boat. You know, in London there are like lots of canals. You might not know that, but as well as the bi- the river, a canal. I need to explain what a canal is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you want to do you want to do that? Uh, it's yeah, it's got some water in and some uh, some locks and stuff. <laughs> okay, it's got some water in and some locks in it. Allows like sort of boats and stuff to go through the city. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Canals. So there's a whole system of canals. Canal. That can yeah. The canal. And uh, many people actually live on these uh, narrow boats on the canal. And uh, we're in uh, a, a narrow boat right now, which is owned by Moz. So Moz, you bought you bought a boat. What happened? Uh, got fed up of living in London. Bought a boat. Uh, it's lovely. It's fifty foot long, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Moz bought a boat. We'll find out about that. I think in a little bit. But I'm joined here actually by um, Moz, of course, because it's his boat. We didn't just sort of break in. He knows that we're here. It's it's fine. Um, <laughs> And uh, so we've got Moz there, we've got Alex Love here on the left. Hello Alex, how are you doing? I'm alright, yeah. Really? That's that's it? <laughs> well, how would you like me to elaborate? I, I want you to tell me exactly how, how, how you feel, emotionally, physically. <laughs> Spiritually as well? Spiritually. <laughs> um, alright, uh, emotionally uh, I'm stable. Um, physically, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well. I've taken running recently to improve my energy levels. Spiritually, um... Well, I'll find out when I die. Yeah, okay. So you've been you've been doing running? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just jogging around a lake, but yeah. Jogging around a lake. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's, <laughs> that's fascinating. Why 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 the lake? I mean is that is that part of the routine? Well, it's at the end of my road, so makes sense. It's okay. Because it's like a, you know, circuit. It's just purely pragmatic. That's, yeah. that's just can't walk on water. Simple mat simple matter of yeah. You have you tried jogging through the lake? Um not yet. I'm I'm working on that though. I'm waiting because of um, climate change. The uh, water levels have actually receded significantly, so I'll be able to Much walk like on the lake soon. Oh, okay. Right, so we've got Alex Love there, who's just recently started jogging around a lake, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. If I you mean, just... I do other things as well. I don't just do that all eight hours a day. You know. Oh, all oh, right. So you're actually doing other things. Yeah, yeah. I'm still doing comedy, so don't worry, fans. Uh, still doing that. Okay, good. So, Alex Love, who's uh, doing comedy and, 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 and running around a lake. Okay, um, so on the right here we've got uh, Mr. Paul Langton, who you've heard from before. Hello, Paul, how are you? What exactly is your condition and everything? I want you to tell me, tell me everything, okay? Good. Paul, come back, come back, please. Paul has just uh, actually left the boat in, 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 in shame because he has to fart. It, Okay, do I have to explain what a fart is? I think, uh, Alex, I think you should explain that. Well, we could try the noise. 
Yeah, make the noise. Well, we can do it on up there with hands like this. Hang on, we can. No, I can't. No. That's rubbish. That was awful. <laughs> Okay. That's one of those. No. Right, right, right. right. And that good news is you covered up him as well. <laughs> okay. So uh, we now know exactly what Paul um, intended to do when he left the boat. Um, it's, I suppose it's a good thing he did leave. I mean, we know what he's doing, but uh, at least we can't smell it. Uh, that would be much worse, wouldn't it? Um, you know, I mean, there's the, the thing about the fart is it comes um, from two angles. It's like a double punch, isn't it? Because the whole knowledge that someone is farting is rude. Like, oh, he's farting. Oh, dear. But also, secondary to that is the smell aspect as well it catches you on it in a moral sense and in a purely physical sensory sense as well i have a fact about farts if you farted continuously for six years and nine months uh, you generate enough energy for uh, an atomic bomb uh, if you farted continuously for for how long Six years and nine months. Six years and, and nine months, you produce enough energy to, to create a, an atomic <laughs> bomb. To power an atomic bomb. Uh, power an atomic bomb. Okay. Well, I, I farted into a, into a cushion for about <laughs> a, one day once, and uh, yeah, that, that cushion was lethal uh, afterwards, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, so we're also joined uh, here on Moss's Boat by, uh, by Dave. Hello. Hello. How are you? Um, Fine, thanks, and I, I, I speak for the listeners as well there, because I'm sure I'm sh- there's no way they could not be fine listening to this. This is golden stuff indeed. Um, so, so Dave, um, you're Moz's neighbour, is that right? Well, I am for a few days until, you know, he annoys me or farts too loudly, and I'll, and I'll move. It's as simple as that. <laughs> okay, so I believe that Dave's, Dave's boat is like moored. You're both moored here. Moored. Moored, yes. M A U D. The t- the term is double-breasted. Okay, double-breasted, which is a is a I guess a term which describes the fact that uh, one boat is sort of parked. Uh, what do you call the side of the canal? You're quite wrong. It's because we're two tits. <laughs> because they're, because they're two tits. It's double-breasted because they're two tits. Okay, that's good. That's 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 good. Le, le bosom. Yes. Le bosom, as the French would say. Okay. Um, but uh, you're actually, <laughs> you're both parked here at the side of the canal. Moored. Moored, not parked. Moored. Moored, okay. M-O-O-R-E-D. Yes, right, okay. The, the, the boats are moored here. If you, and if you're moored, you need something to moor on. You need something to moor on. Yeah. Right. Like what? Well, a, a bollard or a ring. And you found Moz. <laughs> so you need a bollard or a ring. So okay, is th- plain ring. Okay, we're getting even. We're getting more and more suggestive all the time. The innuendos are sort of like, yes. What about more hens? More hens. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now. I'm putting the brakes on this now. Okay, just hold on a minute. Okay, so we heard. F- we heard about. He's ducking the question. I'm not. I'm going to come back to the question. <laughs> I'm going to come back to the question about more hens. We had. How do you moor a boat? You need a what? A bollard. And a mooring ring. And a mooring ring. ring. So you, I suppose you put the ring around the bollard. No. 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 The rope in the ring. Put the rope in the ring. You, in put, the ring. you put your big rope in the ring. And then tie a knot. And then you tie a knot. Oh, okay, and that's how you moor a boat. Fine. Yeah. And and the two you two have got boats moored next to each other. We've got matching ring we've got matching rings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you've already you've already found out about about each other's rings. Are we gonna, expl- are we gonna explain uh, euphemisms? 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want the I want euphemism and I want innuendo. I want you to explain those in two. In your endo. Yes. Uh, innuendo and euphemism. Okay. Well, English is a non-inflected endo-European language. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I nicked that from Blackadder. Uh, but um to explain innuendo okay it's when you say something which comes across as straight and normal and true but uh it's not it's it's sexual in tone hence we said uh mooring ring and we <laughs> we meant anus <laughs> thank you moz thanks for clarifying that uh, so it was very uh, very frank and clear description using all the language without any sense of uh, shame at all just throwing any old dirty word into the <laughs> sentence there <laughs> any dirty but you, you've got to remember that being on a boat toilets are our main topic okay i guess you do have to deal with toilet issues yeah. on the on the boat Tell us about the toilet, Moz. <laughs> Go into some detail about the difficulties that you have with the toilet, okay? Um, well, um, in a normal house, you would normally uh, do doo-doo, which we call poo-poo, <laughs> into, into a toilet, and then you flush it, and it goes down into a sewer. Um, but on a boat, you can't flush it into, like, the canal, so it goes into a big tank. And anyone who's turned up at my house or boat, I've said, you can't doo-doo because I'm a tightwad, and I don't want them to poo. So I'm, I make them poo elsewhere. Right, you actually encourage people to do a little uh, toilet break before arriving at the boat. Yeah. That's your plan. Yeah. You actually wrote that in an email to me. You're like, I'm just like, in a very formal tone, I would just like to remind all the visitors to uh, Sip Kiss, the canal barge, that uh, all pooing and urinating should be done in advance of the trip. Can I just say, I'm not so tight. If you want to use my toilet, feel free. Number ones, number twos, <laughs> whatever you like. Number threes, <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm loaded up with Andrex, Sorry. no problem at all. Could I ask Alex to explain number three, please? <laughs> okay, right, you need to explain a number one, number two, and a number three. Go. Well, it depends um, on, well, obviously, number one, it's established, is a wee, a urine. Um, le, you, you, yeah, and uh, number two is obviously a poo. Number three can be, um, it can be two things. It can either be, uh, some people describe it as vomit, um, but other people will describe it as uh, ejaculating. Oh. Um, right. I, I, I would explain uh, number three as being both a number two and a number one, oh. because I am not as disgusting as Alex Love. Oh, I see. So you think it's just a combination of the number one and the number two at the same time. But don't you, don't you always, when you do a number two, don't you always do a number one as well? Um, I, I am uh, of Irish stock, and uh, we, uh, <laughs> we do not do a number one standing, st- uh, sitting down, sorry. We don't do a number one. We do a number two sitting down. We do a number one standing up. And that's because of your religious beliefs? No, mostly because we, we, we've forgotten to sit down. Okay, right. My religious beliefs, which are the same as Paul Langton's religious beliefs, because we both share the same Messiah. (laughs) Wait a minute, Mars. Last time you were on this podcast, I think that you claimed that you were God. Don't you remember that? (laughs) You claimed to be an all powerful deity. Um, So, how's that going? 
Great, I own all of you. Uh, you are my bitches. Uh, Luke will now explain what bitches means. Oh, God, really? I have to explain what that means? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, right, you're in safe hands now. Because I'm going to explain this in a very clear, matter-of-fact way. Uh, right, so, uh, Moz said, you are all my bitches, right? Yeah, okay, a bitch can be uh, three things. What? Okay, one thing is it's a female dog. Right, that's the basic meaning of it, right? But it's used to mean sometimes a woman, right? Salop in French. Salop in French, really? Okay. So it's used to refer to a uh, a woman, yeah. And there's there's sort of two uses in which it's used. The old-fashioned use of calling someone a bitch was was to say that she was really mean, really horrible woman, right? But also it's now used in sort of. My wife. It's also used in like hip hop stuff to me as a sort of derogatory term for a, for a woman as a possession, yeah. right? Okay, so if you say you're all my bitches, it's like saying I own all of you, sort of thing. So and that's the fourth sort of ironic way in which it's used, don't you think? Sorry, the yeah. boat just rocked. Yeah, the boat is now rocking from from what, side to side. Are we broadcasting Radio Caroline from here? Is this pirate radio? Yeah. Out in the North Sea. Feels like it. Just to explain to the audience, Mr. Paul Langton came down from the bow of the boat, well, from the gunnels onto the bow, and he's coming into the cabin, and that rocked the boat quite heavily to the right. We thought it was a tsunami, but it isn't. It was a Sue Lawley. Thank you very much. Oh, God, right. Sue Lawley was, <laughs> Sue Lawley was a TV presenter in the 1980s. That's, that's all that happened there. Okay, so... She was, from ha- she was from Hales Owen, which is near Birmingham, and she's lost her accent completely. She, she went posh. She did, didn't she? She went posh. She should sound like, Good oh, I'm from Birmingham. It's great here, isn't it? Yeah, my name's so lolly. I'm from, like, the Midlands and that, you know what I mean? Just... Yeah. Can I just point out that I'm a Brummie? Yeah. I, I, can I point out that I'm a Brummie as well? I'm a Brummie. I'm a Brummie yeah. too, and so is my wife. Right, so we've, we've, we've got three Brummies in this room. Now, I count myself as sort of pretty much Brummie, but not completely. I mean, I lived in, I lived in from nine years old, I lived in Solihull. Solihull is Brummie. Right, okay. You're a posh Brummie. I'm a posh Brummie, but I'm a Brummie. Brummie. Right, okay. Um, but, um... All right, so and you're a Brummie as well, Mars. Uh, I was born in uh, Smethwick. Right. I'm a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Dave, you're a Brummie. I'm a Brummie. I was born in Staffordshire, but I lived all my life in either Sutton Coldfield or Bromsgrove. Yeah, you're a proper Brummie. Yes. Sutton Coldfield. Sutton Coldfield. Can I just say, can I just say, for, for a part of my life, I lived in Smethwick and no one nicked me car. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, Langton, Langton, yes. are you a Brummie? Are you, are you a Brummie? Are you a Brummie? Are you a Brummie? No, I, I'm, I've, uh, I'm quite cultured, so I can't be a Brummie. Um, I was actually, uh, I, I was actually born, I'm a Londoner. I'm from the, uh, the great city of London, not a Cockney. Uh, because I wasn't born within the sound of Bow Bells. Can you do the Lambeth Walk? I can't do the Lambeth Walk because I'm not a Cockney. Although, if you are a Cockney, you can't do a Lambeth Walk because it's two sim- complete different areas of London. Hey. Oh. So, yes, basically, um, uh, to be a Cockney, to be an official Cockney, you have to be born within the sound of Bow Bells, which is a church uh, which is in Bow in East London, which is a, has a 
two mile radius of its ring um <laughs> another 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 example of a euphemism but within the ring of the bell itself uh, everyone who's born within the ring of the bell uh, bow's church is a cockney anyone who's not born within the ring is a londoner uh, i myself am a londoner i was not born within a ring Right, Jesus. Loaded. <laughs> loaded with euphemism. Uh, but we le- at least we know where really these gentlemen... We know where these gentlemen come from. So we've got, let's well, say... I yeah. actually think that he is Lord of the Ring. He's like, my precious. <laughs> okay, we're getting... We're delving. He's, he's far too tall to be a hobbit, though. And he hasn't got hairy feet. Well, no. Well, well, <laughs> so we're now comparing Paul Langton to a hobbit from The Lord of the Rings. Since we've been talking about rings, let's talk about The Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's quite a good topic. Um, I, I, before we go into that, though, I want to ask Alex where he's from. So we've got Brummies. I mean, I'm pretty, kind of a Brummie, a, not a Cockney, a Londoner, and Alex. What, and yes, Dave? Sorry, what you've got to remember is it was written around Birmingham, wasn't it? Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was written in the Warwickshire area, oh, I believe. Yeah. Licky Hills. With the Licky Hills. Ah, okay. So Tolkien was writing that stuff in the Midlands. That's where he lived. So it's all about Brummies in this episode. Tolkien, Moz, Dave, me, kind of, pretty much. Londoner over here. And Alex. Alex, what about you? What what are you? you Um, Well, firstly, I'm a human being. Uh, from the planet Earth. Okay, yeah, oh yeah, man. I'm just a human being from planet Earth, man. It's just one consciousness, you know? <laughs> yeah, so you're a human being from planet Earth. That's right, yeah. Yeah, you've done your research. Is that it? You can't get uh, more specific? No, I can't get more specific. Um, can, I, can I say what... I, can I ask... Because I can see he's got a Strad Brewery T-shirt yeah. on. So he's, uh, can I just say from the outside, I've never met you before, correct? I've never met you before. Mm-hmm. I'd say you're from Gloucestershire. Correct. Right, and you can read and write, and you can drive a tractor. Um, t- two of those things are correct. I am, f- well, three out of four is correct. I, I am from Stroud in Gloucestershire. Um, I've lived there all my life, apart from the past four years. Where's Gloucestershire? Uh, southwest England. I was born in Bristol. It's just to, the, just to the right of Wales, isn't it, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Sort of near Richmond. Yeah, so it's near Wales. And uh, yeah, I can I can confirm that I can I can read and I can write, but I cannot drive a tractor. Okay, I bet you could drive a tractor. Well, I could, I could learn certainly. Yeah. You know, it's like you have the I physical like capability yeah, of, course, of driving of a tractor. At the moment, I mean, I wouldn't be confident in my ability to drive a, a tractor. I need I need you know a couple of days training first. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It depends on the size of the tractor. I mean. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, if it's a ride on lawnmower, I'd be quite confident in that. But you know, the bigger the tractor then like an 18 wheeler you know yeah. it's going to be at least yeah. four days of training basic training um that was that was a little bit boring <laughs> <laughs> i was just wondering uh, our audience knows us quite well but mm. do they remember our highlights what do you mean your highlights <laughs> the color of my hair thank you very much i don't think that's what um, you mean what do you mean highlights well i mean your audience your your fan base uh know us over the many years from such uh, great podcasts as the uh, Drunk Podcast, uh, Brighton Podcast sorry, 1. Sorry, isn't this on the Drunk Podcast? Uh, this is Drunk Podcast 2. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly less drunk than the, the last one, actually. Yes. 
I'm not babbling like a baby. I do apologise for that one. But, uh, for the listener, the, the guy next to me sounds a little bit like... Well, he looks a little bit like Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, he's got... I can feel it calling in the end of night. Oh, Lord. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Phil Collins was a uh, drummer who got really lucky, even though he couldn't sing, and uh, um, became the lead singer of Genesis. Thank you very much. Okay. Right. <laughs> he also did a bit of acting, and he actually had a, a small role in the 1991 film Hook. Really? Yeah. The Steven Spielberg I, I was film. He was, yeah. Buster. He was, he was in a film called Buster as well. Okay. How did we? How did we get on to talking about what? What film? <laughs> but <laughs> Phil Collins. We've Great train robbery. The podcast has swerved off course. <laughs> Someone <laughs> left the tracks aligned in the wrong direction. We're we're thundering into a forest right now. It's, we're, yes, we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. No, we were talking about uh, where uh, the audience know us from previously. What we've done before. Okay. So yes, they. The, the guys have been on uh, the Brighton Fringe Festival podcasts 1, 2 and 3. Dave hasn't. Dave wasn't on that, no. no. I wasn't invited. He wasn't invited. We didn't know him. We didn't even know he existed at that I point. Didn't turn up, did I? No, you weren't there. You were late. You didn't get the email. Um, we also did the, uh, the, what was it, the Friday night, what was it the called? Drunk. Friday night banter, the drunk episode. And uh, now this one as well, which, which I, I think I might call on a boat, Clever. or on a long boat, yeah, narrow boat, boat, narrow boat. Long nar- boats are the uh, the Viking things. Yes. Oh, Viking long boats. You need a drummer. Mm. You yeah. need you need a drummer like Phil Collins going, dun, 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 dun. and that you have to keep rowing and you're in chains and everything. And but apparently it's quite awful. Yeah, those are the Viking longboats <laughs> with Phil Collins drumming on the back. And then we've got, you've got narrow boats, which are these, these boats uh, on a canal. Let's talk about the narrow boat, okay? Let's have a little look at the narrow boat. So, um, Alex, could you just, ex- just describe some of the things that you can see around us here and the surroundings? Uh, I, can see, I can see some curtains. Mm-hmm. Uh, curtains are things you put over a window to uh, keep the light out. Okay, what's light? Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> light is the opposite of dark. Okay, what's dark? Dark's when you can see nothing. Okay, all right. Nothing. So, so tell us about the uh, the, the cabin again. Um, well, there's the uh, we're sitting uh, uh, on a, a sofa next to a table. A table is things you put objects on and, and eat at. And uh, and then there's a there's a fire as well in the corner. Uh, not not it's not you know it's it's a fireplace. It's not on fire. I don't know. Not, oh, there's a fire in the corner. No, I don't listen to be concerned by our safety. We're not, you know, we're all right. We're, we're perfectly safe. Um, there is. Can I just say, I think Alex is the worst estate agent for narrowboats. I've ever heard. Okay, okay, Dave. Now, Dave, Dave, Dave. What I'd like you to do, as the proud owner of a narrowboat, what I'd like you to do is give us a sales pitch for this narrowboat. Okay, you're going to sell to the audience. Imagine you've got the ears of the world. They're ready to spend their money on a narrow boat in London. And you're going to give the prime sales pitch for this amazing movable property. Okay? So, Dave, with the sales pitch about the narrow boat, let's go. Well, this is a very tidy boat indeed. And looking through the keyhole, we've got a beautiful stove there. And in the winter, I get, bet it gets rather warm. But the current owner doesn't know because he hasn't had it that long. But uh, 42 degrees. We reckon we can get up to 42 degrees, and that's centigrade for you in the, uh, in, in, in the Commonwealth. He's got a load of coal here. He's got it stacked up. I reckon he's got enough uh, 
I reckon till about next March. Looking through, he's got a lovely tiled, uh, lovely tiled fireplace with uh, a nice bit of wicker basket here. I'm just going to open the wicker basket yeah. and find out what's in there. Oh, it's a skull. It might, <laughs> it might have been a dead body. I don't know. Um, we've already heard about the curtains, and they are particularly nice because they do match the uh, match the rest of the furnishings here. Um, I've not gone as far as the toilet, but I believe I believe it's beautiful, and uh, you're not allowed in there. Um, there's a kitchen, I can see a kettle, loads of books, um, I can see an iPod waiting to be, to, to be turned on, I reckon there might be a little bit of soul music there for the ladies later on, and um, it's really lovely. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, an arrow means it's less than 2 metres wide, it's 2 metres 10 wide, and I reckon your boat is around about 50 foot. Uh, just shy, 49.8. So that's about 14 metres. So my boat's next to one, it's much bigger, by the way. Um, ladies. Ladies. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 20 metres long, and I've got my washing machine on there, um, which obviously is very useful for you, and uh, iron, and uh, <laughs> hot and cold running everything. But uh, there we go. You better, you better take the microphone. Okay. Thank you very much, Dave, for the sales pitch there for this fantastic floating home, which could be yours. Just dial 09949979979. Don't dial 999 together, you'll get the police. <laughs> anyway, right, so um, uh, I must ask you, Mars, the last time you were on this podcast, you were living on dry land, you hadn't become a sailor, uh, and uh, you, you were living a you know, otherwise normal life. But then somewhere between then and now, you decided, you know what? I'm going to buy a boat. And you bought a boat, and then you decided to live on it. And basically, f all right, tell us about your life on the boat. Why did you decide to buy a boat and then live on a boat? Well, I'd lived in London for about 15 years. Uh, got bored of... London's very expensive. If you come to London, uh, it's three or four times more expensive than a regular place in London. Um, I spent... Uh, in, in England, well, in, in yeah, well, I I I bought a flat for two hundred and fifteen thousand pounds, which is a rip off. But now I've bought euro. a uh, uno euro, okay. uh, <laughs> but, or sixty drachma. That's true. Yeah, or or, or four hookers. Two, uh, two. All right, <laughs> thank you for that. Two hundred fifteen thousand pounds. Okay, which is which is a lot for you know. Yeah, it's a, a, sm a very small flat, one bedroom flat in Ealing. But now I own a uh, fifty foot boat, which is wood panelled with a stove and central heating and a shower, a toilet, a double bed, and a fold out bed and a full kitchen for twenty six thousand pounds. Never tell them about the second bed. So wait a minute, you've got two beds, you've got like a living, you've got a living room, you've got a kitchen, you've got showers, you've got central heating, you've got a stove, uh, you've got yeah, you've got a kitchen you've got the toilets and everything you've got a, a full home it's like a one bedroom apartment sort of thing but it's um and and the thing is that you can just cruise around through london and, and the canal stretches through large parts of london there's, there's amazing places like the place that we're in now which is known as little venice um very little venice it's a big venice Big Venice is just Venice, explain, isn't it? Explain. Well, Venice we know is that city in in northern Italy, which is so famous for the fact that uh, it doesn't have any cars or streets; it just has uh, well, just, canals. Just look up. I mean, there's Michelangelo just there, you know, and there's Winston Churchill actually. Dave is actually now referring to the decorations in Moz's no, place. Sky. The sky. The sky. Which guy? No, the sky. All oh, right. Hey, 
thank you. I'm here. I, I'm here all. I'm here all week. Um, anyway, so uh, so you've got everything in this place, and you can float around. So like, um, where where have you lived in London then? Because you can just live in all over the city now. Yeah, I've I I moved from Northampton, which is in the middle of the country. It's one of one of the largest counties in Great Britain. But it's one of the most boring. Uh, and then I moved down from London to here, which is great. So you actually moved by just, just travelling through the canal network, basically, yeah. yeah? Yeah, no, and the great thing about London is uh, if you've got, got a canal boat, you can kind of live wherever you want to live, as long as you're there for like 14 days. Uh, and then there's a stipulation that you've got to move on. So I'm moving my way across London, kind of like an itinerant, but with a big boat big boats right how can i say as an itinerant you smell lovely <laughs> okay um all right so um and so how's it been then like how's it been now living your life on a boat what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages of this uh mobile life that you now have it's very different i got rid of my telly i got rid of my dvd player I got rid of most of my DVDs. I got rid of my... All I have actually in this boat is a laptop. So I have access to the internet once in a blue moon and I download some TV and that's it. But I don't watch TV anymore and I I don't know what's going on in the news unless I really look. How does it feel to be kind of cut off like that? It's quite good. Uh, A mate of mine is an artist and he hasn't watched telly since, well, the last four or five years. And I spoke to him recently and I said, what, you don't listen to the news? And he went, no. Uh, And I said, so do you know who Barack Obama is? And he did not know. No. Because he does not listen to the news. No he way, does... but you can't avoid knowing who Barack Obama no. is. He, he doesn't listen to the news. He doesn't read newspapers. He doesn't do anything that... So He, he didn't even look at his Twitter feed. No. He doesn't have a Twitter feed. He doesn't have a laptop. He doesn't have anything. He does not know who Barack Obama was is. This a, was this a dream? No. And also he doesn't know who the, the current Prime Minister is. What? I asked about David Cameron He and genius he did not know what that's amazing but that's that's the good thing is that he turned around to me and said um like 90 percent of what he listens to on the news does not relate to him if you think about it like what's Mm. what was happened today we've got a uh a plane crash in in the ukraine and and the but but it does not relate to anyone. Sorry, let, let's explain what's uh, going on. I've, I've kind of lost the thread here. What were we talking about? Alex was showing something We're talking about the news, and I've heard about oh, the yeah, Being crash. cut off by living on the sort of boat without the TV, without the TV and how it feels with living without a TV. But I'm not completely cut off. I haven't had my telly on since the last Top Gear, <laughs> you know. But uh, I know what's going on. I've got the internet, I can see... And I think it's better, actually, not watching the television because they water it down so much. It's a bit sort of dumbed down, down, you know. And, you know, I walked past the BBC this week and there was a massive uh, Gaza demonstration outside. Um, Gaza? Gaza. No, not Gaza, not Paul Gascoigne. Gaza, the Gaza Strip, for goodness sake. Well, apparently they want him back at Tottenham Hotspur, but 
Uh, anyway, you know, will that have made the news? No, it won't. It all gets filtered and watered down, and if you see your news from what's going on in other places, I think you're better off. Will people on the podcast know about the fact that we were mentioning it today because we're boaters, we live on canal boats, uh, and there's been a big accident on the Thames today. Really? There was uh, a, a boat that was carrying... This is not a joke, this is not a punchline. Just so Luke knows, because Luke, Luke, Luke can see my face smirking... <laughs> But it's not a punchline. Um, there was a, a, a cargo carrying boat which was carrying like 20 um, steel containers that shippers use. But there's also a, a boat um, uh, which takes tourists across the Thames. Yeah. And the, tu- the tourist boat crashed into the shipping boat and it's got badly damaged and people have got whiplash. But it wasn't commented on because it wasn't as important as the uh, air crash in the ukraine oh i see right. but but we're we're literally what a mile away from it maybe two miles two from miles. it so and it's barely mentioned even on the local news so uh, so this this big thing has happened in london but it hasn't been covered in the news because they're focusing on the international story i see right ah the plot thickens uh, and the other news was the uh, moorhens uh, just up the road have, have hatched out oh, I mean, oh. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. My, lis- my listeners at this point are, are thinking to themselves, what, what happened? What's, why are they clapping? What did he say? He said the moorhens have uh, hatched. Okay, right, so moorhens are... What's a moorhen, Alex? Can you tell me? Uh, I can tell you. It's, um, it's uh, like a duck, but it's, uh, it's black and it has very long legs. Red beak. Red beak, yeah, and uh, it kind of walks around a lot. It's got bits of rope at each end of it, so you can tie itself to the bank at night. More hen. More hen. More hen. Oh, dear. A more hen. I've got a joke here. Uh, Sometimes they just call themselves a hen to leave the audience wanting more. (laughs) Um, uh, Can can, can we just explain that Alex Love has a show at the Edinburgh Finch Festival (laughs) called How Not to Win a, a... how to win a pub quiz Uh, right so alex love um yeah uh is a comedian um and uh just say another thing many years ago when i was a child many years ago i used to read a book by arthur ransom called coot club he did swallows and amazons and they're really rare birds called coots we've got hundreds of the burgers up here i mean they're supposed to be rare but i mean they might have been in 1935 but they've done well they've done very well the coot is um same as a moorhen, slightly bigger, with a white beak. Yeah. So the moorhen is a is a is a sort of uh, it's not a wader, is it? It's not really a it's not it's not classed as a wader, but it's it's sort of a similar family to the duck. More of a paddler. It's like a, they paddle around. They're, they're little, small and black. And they've got the moorhens have got That's a red beak. The the coots have got a white beak. Boom! There you go, and they live around you basically. Oh yes. The, these these really be- quite beautiful little birds are living all around the boats, and, the and they're tasty as well. And they're tasty too. No, I haven't eaten one. Sorry, I haven't eaten. I'm one. sure you haven't eaten one. Okay. I think that, in fact, may even be illegal. It's illegal to eat swans, isn't it? It is swans. Unless you're the queen. The queen can eat swans, I believe. The queen owns all the swans. Yeah. I, I think. The, the, there was a uh, Turkish man recently who beheaded yes. a swan yes. and then put it into his rucksack because he didn't realise it was illegal uh, only the queen can eat mute swans okay mute swans are the sort of typical swans that you see 
uh, floating around, are they not? Yeah, they 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 they're called mute swans, but they actually do make a noise. They make, I heard one the if other day. If you kick one in the bollocks, they make a grunt noise. <laughs> like that <laughs> no, no they, they 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 go it's really it's a weird noise they go uh, but that's that's about as much as they make the other thing is when they actually take off their wings are going faster than the speed of sound so you get a whip noise and uh, that that's what scares everybody but it's it's a wing going faster than the speed of sound really isn't it true that a swan can break your arm you know <laughs> there's this there's this old wisdom there's this old wisdom that everyone whenever anyone has a conversation about a swan there's always someone who pipes up and goes oh yeah they can uh, break your arm with their wing a swan they've got a very strong wing break your arm why is it that people always say that they can also break the bank at Monte, Monte Carlo as well. Really? Yeah. We should take them to Vegas. They'd be useful. They could break it into anything. Um, right, so so you, the, the boating life is, uh, is good. You were going to tell me about the advantages and disadvantages, no? The, no? Boating, the boating life is really rubbish and nobody else do it because we don't want to encourage <laughs> any more people on here. It is horrible. In the winter, we're so cold. Um, we've got candles and when it gets really cold, we light them. I, I, I think I got a <laughs> dysentery. You got, wait, you got, you got dysentery? Dysentery is like a medieval gastric disease. Yeah. You got dysentery for me? I, 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 I got a, a scabies and a scurvy. What? You got all these these uh, infectious diseases on this and boat? Forget, and don't forget, you get wild disease off rats. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Don't come. Oh, I'm, I'm covered in warts. I mean, luckily, this isn't television. You can see. I'm just covered head to toe in rash. My God, they're like two fucking canal trolls. These two wart-ridden, infected guys in front of me. How do we get off this boat, Alex? It's horrible. Um, going through the door and to, to get on the bank. <laughs> okay. Alex, always the voice of calm, the voice of reason. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we've heard some of the advantages, some of the disadvantages of life on a boat. Uh, I was going to explain to because originally uh, Luke, uh, Luke, as you call Luke him, uh, Luke Johnson was Luke, Luke Johnson. Is that <laughs> Luke was uh, coming over from uh, France. Uh, and I, I offered him a, a place on the boat to stay. But unfortunately, uh, Luke Johnson likes to have 15 showers a week yeah. minimum. And uh, he does, did, does he need them? He, he does. Well, actually, oh, if, you, if you look at Luke, that's not his real skin. That's actually he, took, he stri- had his skin stripped off, and that's a wetsuit. <laughs> and basically, he lives in kind of a perpetual state of moisture. Oh, uh, wow. that's very interesting. Explain that. That's a, that's a very interesting um, assessment there that you've presented for me, Mons, which uh, could quite possibly be on the internet now forever for 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 everyone to access if they if, uh, if people wanted to find out all about me they could uh, listen to this and um, they they would listen to your description someone might write that in fact as a transcript uh, someone at, someone might be listening to this and transcribing every word and they're going to write that down and it'll genesis, be genesis did a track called the slipper man which i'm picturing now which i always thought about the slipper man as being somebody sort of wet skin like a walrus or a seal Really? So you're saying that I'm a walrus or a seal? Or, or you might be the Eggman. Or it could be the Eggman Cuckoo Kajoo. Okay. Uh, I think you need to explain that. Okay. I need to... <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I, I can explain... No, yeah, Paul, Paul. Aqua once did a, a track called Dr. Jones. I think Luke is like Dr. Jones. 
And you mean I'm like Indiana Jones? Yeah. All right, I'm going to come back to, to the whole thing that you just said there and explain all of it, all right? If I could just remember. Dr. Jones, Dr. No, no, don't Jones, do me the Dr. Jones Dr. thing. Jones. You've, you've made me forget. You can make me forget. What did you, what, oh what did you just say? What did you say? Walrus or... Walrus. Oh, okay, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Moz initially offered to let me sleep in this boat when I said oh, that I would yeah. be coming to London. And he said to me, you'll only get one shower a week or something. And I was like, no way. I need, I need a shower. I need a sh regular shower. Moz, took, Moz took that to mean that I take 15 showers a day, uh, a day or a week or something. And then he decided that I, in fact, uh, constantly live in a state of showered moisture. And he designed in his mind some kind of sort of exoskeleton that would keep me moist inside. Like Daryl Hannah in the film Splash. Like Daryl Hannah in the film and, and, Splash. And your uh, nipples excrete like... <laughs> yes, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much for that. Uh, I don't think any we need point, to, point, yeah, to yeah, edit yeah. that out. You're like a windscreen wiper on a car. You know, it sprays out the... <laughs> right, right, okay. I, I, How come that made its way in? Basically, I don't... I, I, I'm, I expect that... Uh, I hope that my listeners are not able to pick up on every little rude joke. Lying, Luke though. spouts like a blue whale! Okay, I really hope that you're not able to pick up on every little bit of humour that these guys are throwing in here randomly. It's mostly rude stuff. Very crude, very crude, very unsophisticated. But, you know, but this is... This is just the way that you uh, let off some steam. You now, now, um, right. I had a question, actually, from a listener. Um, where's my bag? That's a seal noise. Yeah, someone's um, someone's clapping like a seal. I'm going to pause this for a second. Okay, so I found the question from from a listener, and it's it's on Facebook. Earlier today, I posted. Wait a minute. O earlier today, I posted the uh, the status update. Later today, I'm seeing my comedy mates Alex, Paul, and Moz from the Brighton Fringe Festival podcast. I'm planning to talk to them on the podcast. Do you have any questions for them? If yes, write them in the comments section. One thousand one hundred ninety-three people saw the post. Nine people liked it. Nine. Nine! Nine yeah. people out of 1,193. Ten people! One, on. one person commented. You can, yeah. you can see that the interest here in uh, you guys is really f yeah, overflowing. That one, person, that one person means a lot to us. Yeah, it's Do you want to know who it is? Do you want to know the name of this wonderful Philip human? Wilson. It's not Philip Wilson, but <laughs> would you like to know who, who this one... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Stop Stop shouting on the podcast. Remember what I said earlier on? No. Raise your hand to get the attention for the microphone. Okay. Let's get this under control. Are you ready to find out? Yes, Dave. Is it Doris Stokes? Not once for yes, twice for no. <laughs> <laughs> I love this style. Um, okay. All right. So the name of the person who commented Hiroshi. is Mr. Hiroshi Maruya Maruyama. I remember, I, him. I, 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 I remember that name. I think he might have watched us when we or listened to us when we did the uh, the Brighton podcast out on the beach. Oh. I think that Hiroshi probably did comment on that because Hiroshi Maruyama is a long-term listener to Luke's English exactly, podcast. Exactly. Um, Paul Langton. It's lovely to uh, hear a question from you again. Um, so let, 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 let's uh, let's answer that question, Luke. What was the question? Okay, I'm just um, just opening Facebook here on my uh, my Samsung mobile phone. Um, it's it. It, I'm not plugging. It. I was about to say how slow it is. Literally on this phone now, you press an icon, you wait 
about 10 seconds and then it goes to a black screen and you get the black screen for a while and then the app says the app then says sorry uh, it's not responding and then you have to just start again now I sounds like my sex life it sounds, sounds like uh, Luke, can you explain sounds that? like Paul's sex life. You touch it, and then ten seconds later, nothing happens. Yeah. It's like your sex life. Yeah. I've okay. got some blue pills for that. Um, bloke in the pub sold them ten of each. Okay, so uh, pub alcoholic beverage uh, tenner ten English pound sterling. Can I ask, was the person you bought the pills off Pele? Why is Pele? Oh. Is, does Pele sell pills? Uh, Be careful what you say. He's a national icon. Uh, Pele is actually an ambassador for the erectile dysfunction charities in uh, the South American region. So we're not we're not actually insulting him, but we do feel that he has sold out against FIFA and he's scum. Good night. <laughs> you can't have a go at Pele on the podcast. Goes out to our listeners in Brazil. Hi. Seriously, you can't have you can't have a pop at Pele. All right, right now Hiroshi Maruyama has written questions, bespoke, specially designed questions for each of you. I'm afraid, Dave, there's no question. Uh, can we assign one today? Yeah, we'll give a. No, ask, ask could all you questions make one? Well, all right, wait, 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 wait. All the questions. Okay, well, I will at the end. Okay. Make one up. So, guys, please uh, stay under control. Radio conditions, okay? All right. The first question is for Alex. Oh, okay. And Hiroshi asks, Alex, what is the Happiest moment that you had yesterday. <laughs> what was the happiest moment? So, to treat them, treat the, <laughs> treat the question with respect. What's the happiest moment that you had yesterday? What's the happiest moment I had yesterday? Um, that's a good question, Hiroshi. Um, as, as a former journalist, I'm impressed by your skills to uh, throw the old curveball there. Um, curveball is uh, something relates to baseball when you throw a ball that is deliberately designed to throw someone off their game. So it's a, it's a ball. It's a it's a ball that literally. <laughs> sh- it's a ball that literally curves in the air, a curveball. Yeah. So it's like an unexpected move. Yeah, and that that was my happiest moment yesterday when I saw someone throw a curveball in right. in my park. Someone threw a curveball yeah. in your park, yeah. and that's your happiest moment. Happiest moment, yeah. Okay, all right. Can I guess his happiest moment? Yes. I think it's when he thought, I've run out of shaving foam, but I've stopped shaving. (laughs) (laughs) Dave there... Dave there is referring to the fact that Alex has a, a beard, which uh, mm. could do a little do with a little bit of grooming. I think you. <laughs> c- yes, it could. Do you not think, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Do you not think that Alex Love looks exactly like John Peel? John Yes. John Peel, the radio DJ. I've also heard uh, Kenny Everett. Kenny Everett as well. There, no, I, no, I, no, not as funny as Kenny Everett. So, John Peel is a great radio DJ who worked at the BBC for many, many years, and he's brilliant. And uh, so is Kenny Everett. And, so, and Kenny Everett is a comedian who worked at the BBC for he many is. years, and he's also brilliant. And both of them are neither uh, not longer with us, unfortunately. But anyway, he looks alike both of those people, Alex there's, does. There's, one, there's, there's a way to like tell boys. whether he's Kenny Everett or John Peel. Scouse accents, or can you go, it's in the best possible taste. Ah, oh, let's see. Yes, yes, I like that. Scouse accents so, or John, wait, John Peel said John Peel spoke with a scouse. John Peel, John Peel spoke with a scouse accent, uh, but uh, uh, Kenny Everett said uh, what? It's all, all in the best possible taste. Okay, so which one can you do? Speak in a Scouse accent from Liverpool or say, it's all in the best possible taste? Well, I can do a slight impression of John Peel. Go on in. Oh, all right, I'm John Peel. I present shows on Radio 1. Well, I used to until I died. That's quite good. Mine is always uh, Branston Sandwich Pickle from Cross and Blackwell. 
Huh? Mostly because he's not Scouse or Liverpudlian. Uh, he, he put the accent on. There's a. Yeah. He's from the Wirral. He's from kind of, opposite but, Liverpool. Uh, can I say that's not Luke's best accent? Luke is a man of like refinery when it comes to accents. And uh, if you were to ask him, he could do a great Robert De Niro. <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm pointing my finger at you. I'm pointing my finger at you. I'm pointing my finger at you. It's my finger. Yeah. I'm I'm talking to you. I'm not looking at you, but I'm talking to you. Okay, next question. And the next question is for now I've got to open this up again on my phone. Okay, here it is. Paul. Yes, Paul. Hello. Now, Hello. gentlemen, please. Red shh, shh, shh. Can I have no, one no, of those? It's the same beer. Yeah. Same beer. Right. Radio conditions, please. Okay. Uh, Paul, mm-hmm. what's the happiest thing that's happened to you in the last year? Huh, in the last year. Um, if I was to go further than the last year, I would I would say it was to uh, get engaged to the lovely Gemma. Um, but if we were staying in the, in the calendar 12 months, it would be Arsenal winning the FA Cup final in May of this year. Wearing a kit, although quite disgusting, still beautiful. Okay, so the, uh, Paul there is referring to the fact that Arsenal won the FA Cup when? 2014, this year? 2014. 2014, Arsenal won the FA Cup. And Paul, I'm, you know, this obviously means that you're a, an Arsenal fan. We already knew that you, you supported Arsenal, but... Uh, We've had this conversation before. Tell us just, just briefly what, what Arsenal means to you, Paul. They make me erect. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Moz, it's your turn. Uh, I, I, can, I, can I say... Wait, wait. Okay. Can I say, I, I unfortunately, I was uh, urinating. <laughs> For God's sake. They don't need to know that. Yeah, this is important. They don't need to know what, what you were doing in the toilet. <laughs> But uh, uh, but I came back in just as Paul Langton was laughing very loudly, and I, I take it he said something that was derogatory. Or you'll have to listen to erect. you'll have to listen to the podcast again oh. to find out what happened. Luke, uh, but you said erect, erect. Yeah, yeah. We're not. Never mind. No, we're not, not going to go into it. We're not dwelling on erect. <laughs> okay. I'm never going to mention erect. Again. Don't never dwell too long on erect. Well, you That's what she didn't say. Okay, right, so... Um, it's worth the money, then, wasn't it? My Carry question. on. Gentlemen, please. Yeah. Last time. Studio. Radio conditions, studio conditions. Radio conditions. Imagine it's the BBC. Here we are at the BBC. Imagine it's the BBC. Where? Jimmy, where's the kids? Anyway. <laughs> Here we are now at the BBC. Everything's... Shh. Where everything's under control. Tell what it is, yeah. The police... <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. The gentlemen are now explaining the fact that uh, the BBC recently has been... Uh, the BBC, as we know, it's like a, a, a national treasure, mm-hmm. okay? It's uh, the, the, the sort of main sort of broadcaster for many, many, many years, and it's uh, been with us for, for so long now. It's given us so many things, Doctor Who, other TV shows. Amazing okay. place. Yeah. Now, now the BBC is slowly being dismantled. The right-wing press keep hounding it because for some reason they hate the idea of the BBC, which is not a commercial operation, right? And the other thing that's rocked the BBC recently is the fact that uh, there's been a scandal of paedophiles at the BBC. Pedos. Jeez. Yeah, it's, um, it's really, really, really weird. And, like, lots of... 
TV presenters that were kids TV presenters when we were kids, they've been arrested for being just dodgy, like seriously, yeah, yeah, for being, they've been arrested for sex abuse charges, I can't believe these presenters on on the BBC. So who's next then? That's what we want to know. Well, Mars, you worked at the BBC for some time, I believe. (laughs) I can't talk about what I was told the other day by a member of the BBC, but I've been told there's a list of uh, uh, 20 that we're not allowed to talk about. It's an unbelievable scandal, and I think it's uh, it's very strange, and some some of the presenters that we used to watch on TV every day have been arrested for sex abuse charge. Yeah, I mean, it's really weird. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So what I was trying to say is, chill out, okay? Chill out. Moz? Moz, here's your here's your question. What's your first job? And 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 how did you like it? What was your what was your first job and how did you like it, gentlemen? Please. You can answer it too. Is that from? Hiroshi. Hiroshi, Hiroshi, thank you for that question. That's that's an interesting question to have because I started working when I was about eight years old, uh, and I worked for a Victorian museum. This is not. This is not. This is not uh, BS, which is uh, a, a phrase meaning bullshit, which means lies. <laughs> uh, this is truth. <laughs> when I when I was eight years old, I I worked for a Victorian museum. My mum worked there, and the idea was we'd pretend to be Victorians. Uh, my mum pretended to be um, a, a a chemist assistant, and I was a shoeshine boy. Right. So, so you, your first job was to pretend to be a Victorian shoeshine boy, and how did you like it? It was okay. They 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 couldn't pay me money because I was eight years old, but they paid me in licorice, hard licorice. Uh, what's what's licorice? Uh, licorice is Alex. A- Alex, what's licorice? Oh, it's a uh, a sweet thing. And sweet thing. Yeah, sweet, sweet. So you can buy it in a confectionery. And uh, it's, it's often black, and it tastes like uh, lic- licorice. It tastes like licorice, yes, Dave? Can I tell you what my first job was? Yeah, um, we're going to come to that in a minute, okay? No, I just... You, have you finished, Moz? Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, Dave, <laughs> tell us about your first job. I was a waiter in a Chinese restaurant. Right, that, that makes sense, because um, you're not Chinese, not at all. But uh, how did you like it? Um, I can't speak any Chinese, I just know Kung Kei for Choi. What does that mean? Happy New Year in Cantonese. Oh, yeah? Um, but yeah, I was um, having great fun with all the waitresses. But, um, the Chinese waitresses? Yeah. And you were flirting with them? More than that, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. More than flirting with them? What comes next after flirting? I don't get it. Uh, lemon chicken. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Luke, explain that to you. I have no you? idea what that means. Honestly, I swear. Well, I, 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 I really don't know what you're talking about there. That that uh, first stage is flirting, which everyone knows. You got flirting, and then the next stage from flirting is more than that, and it's lemon chicken. What's that? That's hilarious, but I don't know why. I I, I think lemon chicken is commitment. Isn't it? Oh right! Because uh, you would only get like a a, a a takeaway with someone you love. Um, right, right. I've, you've lost me there. I'm a bit, <laughs> a bit lost. Right. So where were we? The questions. Right. So Alex, why don't you tell us about your first job? Well, there are two. Uh, there are two possible. Uh, <laughs> two possible options for that. Firstly, you could you could 
Is a paper round a job? Is a yes. pa- wait a minute. Is a paper round a job? Yes, what's a, what's a, what's a paper round? A paper round is where you deliver newspapers to people. You ride around on a bike. And you're a paper boy. Yeah. Is a paper round a job? Yeah. yeah of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There, there you go. So just tell us about your paper round. How long did it take? How often did you do it? Um, How did you like it? It, uh, it took took me about half an hour. Um, I had nine papers to deliver, so it's a lot of responsibility. Nine papers? Just yeah. nine? Yeah, nine. You say that, though, but if people don't get the papers, they're going to be annoyed. You had nine people? <laughs> nine houses? Yeah, yeah. It's nothing. So what's your happy times? The times? The telegraph? Uh, well, it means nine individual papers for nine customers. Was it a large amount of papers, as in broadsheets and tabloids, as we call them in the UK, larger papers and smaller papers, or was it just the local rag, or as we call it in 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 the UK, the local rag, the local paper, little paper? It was a mixture of the uh, the. The, those options no like was, two local papers uh, th- three tabloids no there's one local paper actually do your research and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was quite close with two yeah it's not accurate though you know you don't want to fool your listeners do you and it was a guess yeah but you know do your research so uh, <laughs> so that there was one local but that was the western daily press which is a local newspaper for the western area in uh, southwestern and then Western, South Western, is that Western, Western. Superman. Is that in the oh, Western yeah. area of Southwestern Western? Yeah, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Oh, you've heard of it, you're aware of it. The Western area of Southwestern Western? That's correct. Have they found Mrs. Muggins's cat yet? Um, yes, they have, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. All right. 30 years, it took 30 years, people. Okay, so where were we? What were, what were we saying? Uh, um, first papers. First job, first you paper job. round, you had papers. nine papers. Nine papers. Just nine. So, take you three minutes. Morning, Saturday morning was a lot more difficult, the papers were heavier. Now, let me let me see. I bet I bet you had to ride a long distance because it was in the countryside. Yeah. Okay, so that makes it, that's different. It reminds, it reminds me of a song, American Pie, Good News on the Doorstep. I think the lyric went. Was it good news on the doorstep? Take one more step. Was it good news on the doorstep, Alex? Um, it depends what it was. If you, if you want a good service, then I'm definitely a man. But if it's uh, in terms of the um, lady, if it, well, I was, the, I was I was underage then, so don't get any ideas because technically that's uh, what? Ali- illegal in. Uh, <laughs> okay. He was there. Right, I so, see. So you were, you were delivering readers' wives. Yeah, and and also some shit. <laughs> I was also, uh, Let's not talk about readers' wives, okay? Okay, we get. Can you explain readers' wives? Oh, I have to explain readers' wives. All right, some certain magazines in the 1970s they would have been called jazz magazines. Jizz. <laughs> or jizz magazines, even. Yeah. Uh, 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 okay, so porn adult magazines, right? And in some. Times there would be several pages in one of these magazines that would uh, be f- the feature known as readers' wives, and that's uh, when the wives of the readers of these the readers of these magazines they're not reading them, are they? They're, they're looking, looking at, at they're looking at pictures. But anyway, the the wives of the the people who buy this magazine would well, the the sorry the readers of the magazine would send in sexy pictures of their wives, which oh. would then be printed it, within the pages of these dodgy magazines. Uh, Paul has something to say on this subject. You're normally a little quiet, but he's definitely got something important to bring to the table here. Uh, my first job uh, was uh, working for a supermarket uh, here in the UK called Tesco's. Um, I was uh, working as a what they call a shelf stacker. 
So I made sure that the different aisles of uh, grocery foods, such as tinned foods, tuna, uh, maybe vegetables, maybe meat, um, uh, um, uh, uh, are up to date and ready for the for the clientele of the supermarket. Um, to go back to readers' wives. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think we need to be talking. About Alex, I just want to find something out. Paul, how old were you when you had this job at Tesco? First how, job. How old were you? Yes, I was uh, sixteen years of age. 16. So, Paul, uh, Alex, Alex wins because he had a job at eight years. Uh, no, no, Mars, Mars wins. I'm just, I, can I just say to the audience, I'm sticking my, my two uh, middle digits. Explain why, why is that so arrow, arrow, Well, allegedly, allegedly people always say it's to do with the Normans. Wait, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. We need to explain, we need to explain the finger gesture that, the finger gesture that Moz is doing. So if you hold your two fingers up with the back of your hand facing out. Which I believe Winston Churchill did in, in era. Yeah. During the World War. And that means uh, in England that's a very rude gesture and it means piss off, right? Um, <laughs> it's a bit similar to in America the way they do the middle finger. Everyone in the world e flipping the bird. Yeah. Can I make an interesting observation there? Because I worked, as we've mentioned before, I worked for the BBC for many years in compliance. And compliance are the people who basically, if if there's rude things that are going to be on TV, they're the people who decide, like paedophiles, uh, <laughs> will decide what's right and wrong on TV. And um, I always said that two fingers, uh, I'm doing the Winston Churchill, you might have seen it on the famous pictures, it's your... Not your thumb, but your index finger and your middle finger together, and that's the the sign for V. But uh, on British TV, apparently that means, can I say the words? It's P-O, piss off. I just said it. <laughs> oh, you just said it, but it also also apparently means uh, F-O. It means fuck off as well. <laughs> I'm allowed to say it, fuck off. But... I never knew that, so I always thought that meant piss off. Piss off is lighter than fuck off. Yeah, piss off is less serious than no. fuck off. I thought, I thought you but were... doing your fingers, I always thought it was like the same level of rudeness as no. piss off. No, it's, it's not it's, as bad as fuck no, off. It's, it's, it's entirely different. I thought the same when I started because I used to edit out programs, and if someone were to stick up their two fingers like that, we would say, I would say that is a piss off. That's kind of up yours. Which is kind of a Victoriana yeah. kind of swear word, you know. Yeah. Queen Victoria, quite light, but uh, apparently it's it means uh, f off, which we just said, which is fuck off, which is one of the major rude words. Yeah. So that would be edited out. Really, Moss, I thought you were going to come uh, with an interesting fact about the <laughs> about the, the the archer's fingers, because that's where that term is supposed to originate from. Of the, the two not. fingers. No. So they say that we the fact that we show uh, our two fingers, not in the peace gesture, not like the peace sign that you make if someone takes a photo of oh, you, but the other way round. Yeah, that's like the, the f it off. Was, it was. It was. It was. Apparently, it was always the archers, wasn't it? That the archers would. Would stick up their two fingers above the parapet to say, "Look, I've still got my two fingers." Off, yeah, yeah. There was during the, um, no, the was battle North? against the French yeah. when the English fought against the French at the Battle of Agincourt. Lost. Uh, no, they won. Oh, they won. They, they won. Yeah, one. Henry V. Uh, that's that story. Henry V. It's a Shakespeare play, and you see the Battle of Agincourt, and Henry wins. But during that battle, England had lots of very, very uh, accurate archers. 
who would fire arrows at the enemy. And, 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 um, and the story goes that when English archers would see French soldiers, they'd stick up their fingers at them to show them, look, I've still got two fingers, I'm going to get you. Um, and that's often what people say when they talk about the two fingers, but apparently it's not true. Apparently it's not true. I can't, I can't remember at the moment uh, the, the absolute truth, but uh, apparently it's not true. Okay, all right, there you go. It's, it's, it's one of the same things like in the... Um, uh, the, in the Roman Empire, like when, um, um, you, make, make it, make it entertaining. Oh, uh, uh, it's about two fingers up. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe it's to do with a sign we made to the French, ever so sorry, French, but basically to mean, mean we have still got two fingers oh, so we, we can draw our, yeah, yeah, we just, yeah, we yeah, just yeah. explained that. We just, Dave, uh, explain yeah, just come on. it's in, interesting explain that, just yeah, yeah, Dave, there. David just come back into the room. He went out to, to get a couple of bottles of uh, local beer. I believe that the, um, the, the, uh, the two fingers salute is the fact that, um, we have in this country, Helena Bottom Carter, um, who is, um, small, yet tight. So she can only take one finger. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay. I don't think uh, we need to go in that direction now. Now, uh, I know... I just wanted to see how far I could take it. See, what... Is, is this the Benny Hill? Microphone. Is this the Benny Hill show? It could well be, couldn't it? At this rate, <laughs> can I do the music? No, really, no. I don't think we need the Benny Hill music at this point. Right. So, so, um, can I just can I, can I just point out at this uh, this moment that it's now about one minute, one hour and ten minutes into the episode, and we really need to draw things. We need to draw things to a close. We've achieved absolutely nothing. Um, once once you've edited all the crap bits out, that'll be down to about five minutes. I'm not going to edit any of it. Now. Can I just point out that um, yes, I, I agree with Luke. We We've been talking for about an hour, and we've got to think about what, what we're going to put out there for you. Maybe it's down to Luke to edit. And for uh, Hiroshi. Uh, Hiroshi, this is for you. It's for no one else. As always, it's for you, baby. Okay. Right, 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 right. So I'm go we're going to draw this episode to a close now gentlemen okay summary? so the summary is we've sat in a boat we've talked for an hour and 10 minutes or so we've achieved almost less than nothing if that's even possible um and Moz has got something to say but unlike the last episode when i babbled like a baby i apologize I, i'm a little bit more coherent this time slightly more coherent than last time i think so so um um, let's see. Let's see. Okay, so it's 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 getting late. I think it's time to wind the podcast down. Um, so I'd just like to ask you at this point if the, you've got anything else that you would like to say to the people of the world. You've got the ears of the world. Okay, I told you where my listeners come from. Those di the different variety of countries. Now you've got you've got the ears of the world. What would you like to say to the people of planet Earth, Paul Langton? Um, I would like to say that I um, really do appreciate you all listening to the English podcast Luke's and English podcast. Luke's English podcast. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I appreciate you to listening to the English podcast. Luke's English podcast. No, no, enjoying it. It's, it's not about Luke. He'd like to think it's about Luke, but it's not. Uh, well done for listening to the English podcast English supplied English. by Luke. Um, enjoy. Okay, thank you very much, Paul Langton. Uh, now, who... Would, yes, Paul, uh, Dave, you got something to say now. So, the people of planet Earth. Well, all I can say is I'm just cock-a-hoop about everything. Um, it's been brilliant. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to find you on the internet and tune in. 
Okay, excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Dave. By the way, when he said that, he's holding a bottle of beer in his hand. The name of the beer is Cocker Hoop. But we also... Cocker Hoop. Cocker... Cocker Hoop. Okay, and that's a phrase you say when you're really happy. I'm Cocker Hoop. C-O-C-K-E-R-H-O-O-P. I'm Cocker Hoop. And it's also the name of a beer. Right. Moz, your opportunity to say something to the citizens of planet Earth. Here you go. I just want to say, I love you all. <laughs> okay, very sweet. <laughs> I love you all. I love you all. Oh, okay, okay. Oh dear, dear. Really? No, no, really. No, no, really, Moss. Really. Really, Moss. You should be. You should be ashamed of yourself. Me. Oh, on, uh, it's not one of your stand-up routines. <laughs> this is Luke's English podcast. Do you know what that means? Just the English podcast without any Luke. Award-winning Luke's three, English podcast. Three times. How many Sonys have you got? Uh, I've got a Walkman. I've got a, I've got a Discman. Blu-ray. I've got a Blu-ray. I've got three Sonys. Okay. Uh, so thank you very much, Moz, but not for the rude bits. We didn't appreciate that. Alex, it's your chance to say something to the people of the world. What do you have to say? I'd like to thank Hiroshi for uh, providing us such insightful questions that have may well have changed the the, the fate of the human race. Yeah, maybe this could be the podcast that changes it all. Maybe all the leaders of the world will be listening to this as usual. I know that they do. And this is the one that's going to make them think, well, let's just not bother doing anything now because it's just pointless, isn't it? Clearly, this is the state of the the culture in in the world. We shouldn't bother. Mars has got something to say. I'm not sure I'm going to let him do it, but uh, here we go. Uh, no, Luke, I just think um, hopefully your uh, listeners enjoyed our Brighton podcast la- uh, the last couple two of years. years two, and they, they were good on the beach and in the cafe. And uh, hopefully if we all do it again soon, we'll do Brighton podcast. So if your listeners want it, let us know and we'll do it again. Naked. Oh, that was... On that uh, bombshell, I suppose, it's time to uh, end this episode of Luke's English Podcast, which has taken place here on a boat. Alex next to me is giggling like some sort of naughty schoolboy. Everyone's looking a bit sheepish, but... Let's go fuck a seagull! We're all... <laughs> I think we're going to go and fuck a seagull now. So uh, we've got uh, important things to do. Um, so thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. And on behalf of us all, it's goodbye. Bye, bye, bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.